All right, everybody, welcome to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another Aussie motocross special. I'm joined by Moto Limited great man, Trent Ma. How's life, mate? And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for having me again. I'm back. I'm, I'm nearly a regular here at MX Class. I uh, might have to might have to send an invoice next time <laughs> to be on the show. Nah, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's always fun to get to talk to you about some racing and another voice in our sport here in in, uh, in Australia is always nice to have. So I appreciate you giving me some time to sit on the other side again and get to chat. Nah, mate. Cheers for taking us on, mate. You'll have to uh, get on the Vice Life program at some point, maybe, mate. Especially, uh, you might be heading to A1. There's rumours, mate, so it'll be pretty cool. That's something on the radar. And what's happening with Moto Limited? The pods are good, mate. You always have some good guests and everything's going well. And you got some exciting plans for the future, no doubt, too, with the Aussie Supercross coming up. Yeah, I mean, uh, Australian Supercross Championship is the uh, is the focus now for us here and working towards it, um, getting sort of hyped up about that. More information's coming out by the day with uh, with how they're going to run the, the series and the privateer stuff. So, uh, yeah, got some pods lined up with some riders uh, and some people from Australian Supercross Championship just to get some more clarification on some things and information. So, yeah, I'm excited to to get into the Pointy Boys season and get some of those big jumps and into, into a stadium. And we don't get much of it here in Australia, right? So for for me, it's kind of excitement. It's, you know, Adelaide's not quite A1, but, you know, it's <laughs> it's still got the feel of like we get to, we're going into a stadium, we're going somewhere different. We haven't been to Adelaide in a very, very well, Adelaide Entertainment Centre for a very, very long time. So I think there's a lot of questions around that yeah. as well. So yeah, I mean, always stuff happening, Ed. We're uh, trying to recover from Coolum still as well. So yeah, always got, got plenty going on. Yeah, it was good catch up with you there, mate. How is the body? Yeah, you had a bit of a stack there, mate. Wasn't too good. You're still in uh, recovery mode? Uh, a little bit, yeah. No, I, yeah, probably got a little ambitious, but yeah, I, uh, I'm getting better by the day. Uh, cracked a rib was the probably the biggest injury that I'm trying to kind of get through. I've never done one of them before, and I don't wish ribs on people. Um, just trying to kind of get right. I'm nearly there, I feel. I'm probably going to try and ride a bike again on the weekend and get back on that. <laughs> get back on the horse as they say but yeah all the cuts and scrapes and all that are all healed up i mean i was pretty bruised up for like two weeks so it must have been a pretty savage hit so i don't know I'm, I'm, or I'm just getting old. Kit, didn't you oh uh, yeah unfortunately the uh the flyer pants copped it and uh but no they they uh the guys are flying you know, obviously help out so we, we'll sort that out here but nah, i'm gonna get myself right and get back on it and yeah, get back to racing, but it was a it was a cool event. I was I was pumped. I did it. It just sucked the way the day ended for me. But I mean, what a what a cool event. I mean, you were there. You got to see it. How was uh, how was your time at being at one of those events and getting to see, I guess, the final race at, at cool. Yeah, it was cool, sort of being as I guess a little bit of a media dude, mate, to check it out. And obviously, it was the last one at cool. And pretty sad to see it go. For sure, definitely a great event on the calendar. And yeah, it was great to meet a lot of the dudes in person that I'd done podcasts with and just catch up with you know, see you as well, mate, and, you know, just see what the program, how you're running, and you're doing some live announcing too, which was pretty cool, mate. That's a, always a good opportunity. And have you heard any rumours on where the finale might be next year, mate? Because it's sort of eagerly awaiting, a lot of discussion about it, a lot of chat about, you know, should it be on the coast? Because a lot of blokes like that vibe, have a little holiday afterwards. So have you heard any uh, rumours, mate, circulating? 
No, I haven't heard anything yet. Um, it's just a conversation piece. Like I, I brought it up straight after it's fresh in everyone's mind, right? And I guess we'll we'll keep trying to <clears throat> pardon me, have the conversations as we go along because uh, as I said and I've sort of harped on about it's not about it's not about the track, the final round to me. It's about everything else. Um, you know, the the atmosphere, the place, the crowd you're gonna pull. And then also what happens after the race, the the celebrations, the the hanging out, you know. Um, and that's a big thing. We all spend, you know, six to eight months of our lives traveling around the country. I mean, we went from the, you know, the the slop of the slop of Wodonga to the the heat at Appen to, you know, freezing cold in Gilman and cyclones in Maitland. We went through all that mm. as a, as a, I guess the traveling circus. That when you get to the final round, you kind of want nice weather, nothing really out of the ordinary, and and all hang out at the end of the at the end of the thing, have a few drinks, and just kind of let loose. And that's for me, you know, for the, the last few years I've been getting to do that. That's the part I look forward to the most. And Coolum is a perfect, you know, setting for that. So I'm like, wherever it's got to be, we've got to think about that portion of it because there's nothing worse than being in the middle of nowhere and everyone just rushing off to get to flights, i.e a certain location. We had a Supercross finale at last year. That was the vibe I got. Everyone just tried to disappear out of that place as quickly as possible. So that's all I was trying to get at with that, where the track is, whether it's on the coast, whether we're in WA, whether wherever we are, I don't really know, but it just needs to be somewhere that can, can house a lot of people and keep everyone connected and kind of everyone has a holiday before and after it sort of thing and, and celebrate together. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. And you never know, we might get the schedule condensed or something like that. A couple more rounds. Have you heard any talk about that? Or is that on the plans? And also, I've seen the MXGP in Adelaide. That seems to go a bit cold. The rumours on that last time we spoke, they were sort of ramping up in earnest. But have you got any more info on that for us? No, not on the GP stuff. As you said, it kind of all went quiet (coughs) on that front. So I'm hoping that's just purely because they're building it and getting it ready. Um, but no, I haven't heard a schedule. I, I mean, that rumor is still floating around that Adelaide will have their round of the Pro MX Championship, which will, you know, be in conjunction with the GP if yep. that all continues to be and it'll be at that new track. Um, but I, I mean, I have heard that they're trying to go to a few more two day format races, like we did at Maitland and and Coolum. Or well, Coolum's always a two day, but Maitland especially this year was kind of the first one off. Um, so I heard a bit of that going on and, and maybe adding a round or two here and there, but again, that's all just kind of talk and, and hearsay. And that was kind of right after the final round and kind of enough times passed and Supercross is now on the horizon. All those sort of talks start to really die off on Supercross season gets here. And once Supercross is done, I'm sure everything will ramp back up again and we'll, we'll start discussing it. But, uh, I'm hoping for more rounds, condense the set, schedule a little bit more, all the stuff we talked about. I know they're listening, but it's just how that comes into fruition here with the schedule when it comes out and, and hopefully it comes out early enough too that we can all sort of start talking and hyping it up and getting ready for it. Yeah, well said, mate. And just with Aussie Supercross coming up, obviously just a three-round series and that Adelaide one's going to be interesting, which is essentially like in a basketball convention centre-style stadium. Yeah. So only like 10 blokes, half field pretty much on the gate. Obviously, yeah. they talk about them having a second B main. You'd think that'd be the logical. Uh, it's pretty cool. They've announced some more money for the privateers and put some interesting conditions in that. So 
you know, some of the guys that are on those sort of good programs could maybe get left out of that just so the pure privateers, I guess, more of the guys, you're Richo and Elijah, you're sort of cultivating that rivalry, mate. So how excited are you for it, mate? I guess Newcastle's going to be, I guess, the statement round, I guess, even though they're, they're doing the Melbourne round at Marvel with the World Supercross is always cool. But the Newcastle round, the vibe's always good and the fans really get around it. And I guess you guys really like it more and the riders seem to really enjoy it, mate. So how's your yeah. excitement levels for it all? Yeah, I'm 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 amped up. I mean, talking about the privateer stuff. I mean, Australian Supercross Championship coming over the post today with uh, with Elijah and Ed Jatson. I don't know where they got the idea from that. All, but uh, <laughs> you're welcome, guys, for the free content. Um, and the no, invoice in it. the mail. Yeah, um, look, I do it for love of the sport, and you know that. I mean, it, it's just cool, right? These guys are getting the exposure they deserve, right? They're 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 both really great on social media. They really buy into the to the rivalry and stuff like that. But it's just fun, makes people enjoy it, that side of things a little bit more. So I'm pumped that Australian Supercross Championship have, have really put an emphasis on trying to help these privateers this year. Uh, something, you know, we've screamed about for a while and now they're, they're working on it, which is a great, uh, great incentive. But, you know, I'm, I'm pumped for it. I think we're going to have three unique rounds. Um, I said it the other day on my podcast, like to me, Newcastle is my favourite, just, just, the vibe of the place, um, the outside pits with the trucks, you don't get any better than that. Um, but Mel- Melbourne's always going to be fun. And then we've got both championships wrapping up at Melbourne, Australian and and the world stuff. So I think it's going to be a lot of, and I mean, you're in the heart of Melbourne, so I'm sure there's plenty of partying going to go on there. It sounds like I party a lot, but it's really early when we get to the end of these championships. But it, it's, um, yeah, it's exciting. Tracks are going to be way different, I think, between all three. And, as much as it's only three rounds, I love that it's three unique rounds. We're going to have a real all-rounded champion. Uh, and it's all run by AME this year, not different promoting groups. So everything should be a lot more uniformed and unified between riders. Um, TV you know, package. And, yeah, TV package, promote, you know, the promoting group and, and you know, us as media too. We can all kind of work together to keep, keep the, the hype and the vibes and, and making sure that content's getting out there throughout the championship. So it's really cool that that's kind of come together as well. So, yeah, I just I just want to be in Adelaide, um, you know, fly in. Elijah picks me up from the airport. I kind of become part of Elijah's entourage for the weekend, but we're in Adelaide. So when in Adelaide, you go to the locals. And, Any sort um, of golf sessions, uh, go-karting, anything planned for some cash nah. tools or what? No, not this year. Supercross is hard, right? Because it's Saturday night, so it's the perfect night to for the go karting stuff, like we did at Gilman this year. But no, nah, nothing, nothing planned. I actually thought about that the other day. Uh, I drove past a go karting place at the bottom of the range before we got to Toowoomba, which is obviously sounds like it's back on the schedule for twenty three. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I need to go start investing in that one for uh, next year. But yes, with Supercross being Saturday, everyone kind of gets in. Yeah, riders have to be in there sort of Friday afternoon. I'll be getting there Friday night and Saturday's the race and then Sunday everyone flies home. So there's no real time, you know, to, to do any of that fun stuff for Supercross, but the schedule's a little bit easy. You don't have to have extra extra days away from, from everything, you know, and you're not that Sunday afternoon scramble back yeah. to the <laughs> back to the airport and to, to fly home to some of us have to go to work Monday. So um but no, nah, no. No, nothing yet, but you'll have to come next year, Ed. When we, we line something up, you're gonna to have to make an appearance at one of these uh one of these go karting or golf sessions. You you gotta be there. 
got to dedicate some budget for that, mate, even if it's not the race and just for that purely. <laughs> that's, hey, that's, some of it, that's the best times we've had is that the races sometimes go second second string to our go-kart nights, you know? I mean, the winner of the last one, we did won 800 bucks, so probably more than some of the guys made on the weekend. Yeah. So that's a good incentive to get involved. Yeah, mate, you'll have the riders blocking for that too as well, mate, just to start the weekend in style. And also just back to the Aussie Supercross, it actually is pretty cool. They've got a lot of international guys, a lot of guys that race overseas. Yep. So the likes of Anstey, Brayton, Wilson, Cole Thompson, Hill, Wageman, they're all going to be on board, aren't they, at this stage? Is there any other guys off the top of your head? But it's pretty exciting for the fans. They get to see all these awesome dudes battling it out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're the ones that I think are here. I don't think there's any more surprises uh, coming in the way of that. But yeah, they're... It's, it's good for our riders to get to see how they do it. Um, we talked about this last year. Tanti became a cult hero purely off the fact of battling Brayton for a championship, right? You know, and that race win at uh, World Supercross and then him battling out. I mean, Melbourne was the, the start of Tanti's international career, in my opinion. It opened a lot of people's eyes. But, yeah, that that's what I feel is good for it because it – brings our riders and shows what level we're at. And especially a track like Newcastle and a track like um, Mar- at Marvel in Melbourne, they're kind of the same as a US-based track. So if you're watching it, you're kind of, you know, those guys are seeing it, they're going, well, it's similar. Not the same, but similar. And it can kind of give them guys a, a, a potentially a foot in the door in the US. So I love it for our Australian guys to get an opportunity to sort of strut their stuff, but also – it really makes it exciting having those US guys here and, and have just that little international flair on the on the championship as well. So it's always cool to see him. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to see Brayton's coming back. I mean, at the end of last year, I, I didn't know if we'd see Brayton again, but it's cool to see him you know, get back around it and try and uh, increase that streak he's got going on. But, um, you know, Anthony defending his championship's cool. You know, all these sorts of things. It, it's great that Yuri kind of continues to get these guys to come back, you know, and, and continue, you know, Dean Wilson was supposed to be last year, but he had, you know, the birth of his, his uh, child in the middle of all that. So he didn't make it back. So it's cool to have him. Dino, that's probably the one I'm most looking forward to. I've always been a big fan of Dean um, and never really got a chance to, to have a chat to him. So, you know, three rounds here in Australia, I'm taking ample opportunity to, to, <laughs> To build a build a bit of rapport if I can as a media guy and and uh, he'll be yeah, lapping get, it up too, mate. Oh, get him on the podcast. That is a that's a that's a big thing for me. You know, I got Brayton last year, Ansi last year. You know, and I mean Max Ansi is the man. He's yeah. the he is the yeah. best. I'm pumped. I I actually really enjoy Max Ansi. He's so easy. I sent him a text message after his win this year in in uh, whatever that mud round was. I can't remember now. Yeah, East Rutherford. Um, yeah, and dude, within five minutes, he sent me a message back saying, "Yeah, let's do it." Like, yeah. I just had to lie. I had to get up super early in the morning to do it, but I didn't care. I was like, "Yeah, it's cool." Like, he just won a race in the US, and he's just yeah, he's super down to earth too. So, um, yeah, I love it. Let's let's get these boys over here and let's get uh, let's get racing. Yeah, mate, he's a great bloke. Always got some great opinions and insight. And I don't mind that he talks heaps because that's as guys at media, we love writers that tell us heaps of stuff and give us that extra layer, mate. So, But it's actually at a pretty good time in the schedule, the Aussie series, because there's not a heap of stuff going on around the world. Yeah. So there is a lot of exposure on it. And you'd be lying if you'd say that the Americans and Europeans, they're out watching it because they are. They're definitely keeping an eye on what's going on in Australia. Even the Pro MX series, everyone's got their finger on the pulse. Teams looking yeah. for writers, looking for the next big thing. And I guess Tanti, there's some pretty cool news 
I believe, coming the way of him this year, going to America next year full-time. What did you sort of got to share on that, mate? And it'd be pretty good for him, mate, to give it another crack because he's already been there and he's a great rider and he's one of the best stories out of Australian motocross in the last decade, really, isn't it, the way he's done it? And just sheer work and effort and the attitude of him that shows how far he can go if you really stick at it, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the, the big rumour at the moment is PRMX, uh, Kawasaki. So, I said, I haven't really had a chance to, to nail him down and talk about it. Um, and even still, if I have, sometimes these things are off the record, so you can't talk mm. about them anyway. But um, I just know he's got an opportunity. He's going to the U.S., that, that's massive for him. He's, as you said, he did last summer as more of a privateer budget, sort of his own thing, where this year hopefully goes for a whole year, gets to, sh- you know, strut his stuff and, yeah, keep himself over there. Because, yeah, he's he is, uh, he's been one of those great stories that have come out of our championship. You know, a guy who went and did his apprenticeship, he's yeah. um, pretty sure he's a HVAC worker and has his apprenticeship doing all aircon refrigeration mechanic stuff. So he's, he did it the unconventional way right so uh i want to see him do well but yeah he's uh that's a, that's the the rumor at the moment again can't confirm these things until these guys kind of come out with it but that's uh yeah it's been reported everywhere so i'm not reporting anything new yeah. when it comes to that <laughs> yeah mate well said and obviously Brody Connolly was lined up with Uribe. he was over there doing some training and had a nasty injury i believe broken ankle so that was really tragic for him you know he really wanted to get a foot in the door and, and get some momentum building before i guess the aussie supercross and a one but yeah any word on him mate and obviously he still plans to go back there because he's a massive talent and he's shown that especially since he's moved to australia under that Uribe warning so that was a tragedy mate but i'm sure he'll bounce back yeah it was it was Definitely disappointing. I know he uh, flew back to New Zealand the other day and is obviously uh, recovering and getting getting himself sorted from there. But, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, right, when you're not – you know, for him, it's not like he's come from Australia. He's come from New Zealand, yeah. which is even scarce on the Supercross, more scarce on the Supercross skills and um, ability to do it. So, you know, it's one of those things when you get to those big pointy jumps, they can catch you at any time. His seemed to be a bike malfunction, which also in another part yeah. of the sport that can happen. So, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. But, again, he's young. As I said, he's super talented. I've seen him do some things on a motorcycle this year. I'm just like, this kid is insane. Once he puts it all together in one package, they're not going to know what to do with it. But, um, yeah, it's it's part of being under that. As you said that you're evolving, there's the, the avenue to go to the US to A, train and B, you know, potentially race over there. Um, it is cool for these, you know, young Australian and New Zealand riders to get the opportunity to, to do that. So hopefully it heals up pretty quick. Uh, ankles are tough ones to, to come back from. I know that from experience, but he's young. He's got, he's got, uh, he's got time on his hands and hopefully he gets it, gets the opportunity to go back and actually see what you can do. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's always cool to see the Aussies over there in Supercross and just anywhere, you know, plying their trade. And I guess Wilson Todd did it last year. Any rumours if he's going back? Or And then Mossy did some rounds. Stapleton's always there putting in a pretty solid effort as a private yeah. kid to go alongside, obviously, the major draw cards in the Lawrence brothers. But, you know, Cade Minnie has done some training with the Orange Brigade there with Daniel Blair. I guess Byron Dennis is probably in the conversation in the future. And even Elijah Weesey wants to go over, mate, to do an mm. A1 or some races. So there's plenty of dudes uh, putting their name in the hat, isn't there? Yeah, always, and these these kids have aspirations to go, um, which is good. They, I mean, they should, right? And the Lawrence brothers has paved the way, opened that door again. You know, Chad did it for us, you know, twenty years ago, and you know, here we are now. Lawrence brothers have, have seemingly reopened it again, and it's it's cool to see that, you know, there's 
they're looking here again and they're, they're trying to scout out the talent and trying to find it and giving them opportunities. I said, Mini has, you know, Mini has been over there ridden and yeah, I, I've, I have heard that he's gone over. I don't think it's next year. Again, he's only 16 years old. He's got heaps of time on his side. I mean, over there, amateur, you're still amateur when you're 21, you know, like they don't go pro until sort of 19, 20, 21. You know, you got the, the anomalies like what Jet did and what Hayden Deacon's doing right now. But, you know, the the regular run-in-the-middle guys yeah. are 19, 20, 21. So he's got plenty of time if he goes that route to get himself sorted. And I want to keep him here in Australia a little longer too. You know, we, we deserve to see some of the talent for, for a period of time. But, yeah, there's heaps. They said Byron Dennis, like he has an American connection uh, with his mum being American. So um, there, there's always the opportunity to go over. But I'm, I know they're trying to stay here and, and continue to learn. There's lots to learn here in Australia. And as we've seen, our championship is getting riders developed and ready to head over to those those championships. So, um, yeah, there's plenty of plenty of talent floating around. Um, but I, I think you know the, the big one I've heard so far is just Tanti at the moment that's confirmed to be to be going over there. Well, not confirmed, but that's the big rumor, right? But uh, the rest of them, I think there's a lot still staying, just waiting that extra year and, and seeing how the landscape plays out, especially with all that SMX stuff too. We haven't really seen what that is yet or how that's going to work. So once that sort of shows us in these next couple of rounds and how it actually plays out, plays off, um, we'll, we'll be able to see a bit more, I think, shift in the way deals are done in the US too. Yeah, and just another one on the Aussies abroad. It was cool to see Ryan Alexanderson do really well in the ADAC German Championship. Really good competition there, getting three seconds per second overall. Obviously been doing great work with Nathan Crawford on that Zero Zero Elite training program. I had a podcast with him last week and yeah, shared some really cool insights. And yeah, it's great to see those guys testing themselves and doing well as well, isn't it, mate? Proving what, you know, the class here. And, you know, he's around that top five, you would say, in Australia, not sort of at that elite Wilson Todd, Nathan Crawford level. They're actually probably more world championship level riders, really, aren't they, yeah. mate? So cool, another one to throw in the mix. And I guess after you have a chat about Ryan, just... Yeah, how was the SMX for you, mate? Did you find it good? I heard you had some sort of choice words about it, just a bit of a feeling out process. It, it went down reasonably well for a first one. It's good for the sport in general, but I guess there's always going to be things to iron out. But cool to see Roxton out there. Lawrence Brothers had a bit of a rough weekend, which, you know, they certainly copped it online. You read the comments, putting up stuff. It's like, come on, you know, they've had one bad week, you know, especially with Jet, they were just piling on. It's uh, quite ridiculous, yeah. mate. He's allowed to have one off week. He's only 20, taken all before him. So he's shown he's got the mindset, the skill, everything, mate. So you can't win them all, can you? No, no, not, a, not at all. But, uh, yeah, Ryan Alexander being over there is cool. Um, he's another great kid. So it's cool to see him get that opportunity and, and running well and hopefully gets an opportunity to do a, you know, a, a potential, you know, wild card spot in a MX2 race would be nice or even an EMX race as well. But that ADAC series, from what I've seen and heard, it's it's pretty prestigious as well. They're getting a lot of talent out of there. So cool that he's got the speed to, to do that. And hopefully, again, another rider we, I hate to say the word lose, but hopefully can we can lose him here to, to better himself and his career in the future. Um, a lot of talent. But, uh, yeah, SMX, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, Coast Blur is probably a bit, bit steep, but I, I mean, <laughs> it just it just didn't, I don't know. To me, it didn't feel like there wasn't excitement around it too much. Um, we've seen Monster Cup and things, and I always sort of thought Monster Cup was lackluster because it was kind of in October, people were either on new bikes or just come back from a holiday and just getting back into riding and you're like, yeah, not everyone did it. You're kind of like, ah, oh, yeah. That's that's why the racing isn't always super nice. But 
I think it's one of those tracks, man. I don't think those tracks can be ridden on these bikes. The setup you have to have from supercross to motocross is way different. And you can't really have an in-between setup because you can really hurt yourself in a rhythm lane if you go too soft. But then if you're too hard, you're seeing all these crashes and that just ruins the racing as well. So I'm kind of like, I don't know if the hybrid tracks work. I don't know. This weekend I could be proven 100% wrong and I'm okay with that. But from what I what I seen it from Charlotte, I was just like, man, it was kind of, they were fighting the bikes and, and that a lot more than they were fighting each other. And, and again, like, you know, Hunter going down twice. Some of them look like it was due to bike setup and the thing being too stiff on the on the faster mm. motocross sections, you know, and you know, Jet didn't look comfortable at all. And then when he softened his bike up, man, that that second four in the rhythm lane, yeah. he nearly crashed off that a few times. So and that's because the thing was just too soft. So yeah, I don't know. I, I as that I had a, a bit of a different opinion where we should maybe ride a supercross, a motocross, and then a man made motocross track just to, as three different sort of playoff rounds. But yeah, I don't know about these hybrid tracks. I'm, I'm, I'll am you know, reserve a little bit more heavy judgment until after this weekend. If I'm proven wrong, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll eat some humble pie and I'm happy to do that. But if it's a bit of the same, then I, I'm kind of going down that path of, hey, maybe these hybrid things is doesn't lend itself to some good racing. And um, But I mean, there's other dudes that killed it, right? Like, you know, Chase Sexton absolutely crushed it. He looked fine. So... Yeah. Uh, so did Kenny at a point. And as you said, Kenny being out the front was nice to see. Yeah. I mean, whenever we have Ken Roxon still continuing to be like that and, and man, to drop those lap times first lap in, I don't know how, I mean, I, I don't know how, but he doesn't, he always has that ability to go first and just absolutely disappear on the field. Maybe he doesn't have the back end fitness or, you know, mm. the, the stamina or whatever to go that all the time. But, man, it's impressive to watch him in those opening laps just lay it down. And, and you know, he's the probably the best of the world at doing that. And it shows. And I mean, I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if there was talks of him being on Team Germany before the weekend, but if there wasn't, there's your, <laughs> there's your introduction to why he got on the Team Germany for MXON was uh, that one SMX ride just then. So, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, was, as a, it was something different. But, yeah, I'm... I'm Waiting to see if the racing will be better because all I want to see is good racing. I results or whatever. Lawrence Brothers could win or could not win. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, as an Australian, love to see him win, but yeah. I just want to see good racing. I don't think we really seen too much of that, you know. Yeah, it's well said, mate. It's interesting, you know. Topic you hear like Ferranda <laughs> saying you needed it stiff for those rhythms, but the rest <laughs> of the track was survival. And I guess a lot yeah. of guys were like that. It was really hard to find the compromise too soft you punished too hard you punished and yeah i guess it was funny the moto sandbox guys that trained there rocks and vial and sexton were the ones that seemed to have it down pat mate they knew the, the speed of sexton maybe that had something to do with it but yeah like you said on Roxton, after so much inactivity i think he's raced twice since may you know mm. the pro motocross and the world supercross and to do that is pretty impressive for sure mate and yeah, you got a couple of top three segment times and I did an analysis article on the site. But yeah, third fastest average lap time in both motos and posted the second and third fastest lap time in the motos. So what more yeah. can you say, mate? That sort of sums it up. But yeah, I guess the key takeaways were the no passing <laughs> one line stuff. The bike setup was just nigh on impossible. 
Mm. And this fan engagement on a track like a dragway is pretty difficult to sort of do because mm. they're so far away. You don't quite get that like you do in motocross or a normal supercross. So a lot of good things. I guess everyone's on the same page in terms of the promoters and the industry. A lot of them are on board, even though you hear guys like Lars Lindstrom saying with the, especially Hunter, you know, pretty jaded, usually wants a couple of weeks off and then recharge for nations. So a lot of guys pretty drained. I know the mechanics are probably not that big a fan, yeah. but yeah, lots of lessons to be learned. It's pretty cool. The format, the idea is cool. The money for the riders is cool. The broadcast is definitely leaning in hard to saying this is the pinnacle of it. <laughs> yeah. very hard. But yeah, not much to separate the guys, but there's definitely room for improvement. And overall, it's probably a good thing. Do you see that as well, mate? Oh, yeah, 100%. The more the riders can get paid, the more, I mean, content for us as media guys to have, more racing to watch. Um, yeah, I so said we're getting to that time of the year where things start sort of drying up. Um, so yeah, I, I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think it's I think it's one of those things that will grow on us too because again we we don't know how the double points triple points are going to play out here in the next two that could really make things super exciting but yeah I mean more racing is always good for us as fans as riders and as team managers and as <laughs> mechanics probably not I mean they're selling in a way that they dropped a motocross round and we used to do Monster Energy Cup and we just added one extra race but they were there was a big break in between all that and they're not getting that break and then yeah as i said motocross nation's coming up here as well uh for riders like you know the lawrence brothers and you know team usa have not been announced yet but whoever those riders are and there's riders pulled out of that because they need a break right so uh, there's compromise in everything you know you're giving you're taking from one place giving to the other at one point there's got to be a, a sticking point and I think for them, that's that's this is what we we're finding with this SMX is a sticky point for motocross nation, especially for American team, you know. So, um, and, and scarily enough, it could be an issue for us at Team Australia if it continues this way too. The boys need a break, you know, especially next year when they both have to do, you know, full rounds of Supercross, full rounds of motocross, and and SMX. And they're going to do Paris Supercross too, so that's another thing. Yeah, we might not have them in Motocross Nations next year, and we're all benching our bets for the next ten years to have the best team in the world. So we got it. There, you know, it's definitely something that probably needs to be looked at a little bit, and, and hopefully find a, an improvement on. Yeah, mate. Obviously, we're talking about the motocross nation. Super exciting for Australia. Everyone's sort of we got this legitimate chance. The time is now, isn't it, mate? And yeah, it's really exciting. Obviously, Evans. It's sad his wrist's obviously not in a great place. He won't be racing this weekend in MXGP. So it's really tragic to see that, mate, because he's gone through so much with it all. And you know, he's just a great bloke. He's super fast, super skillful. One of the most talented blokes out there. But hopefully, we can get himself back fit and come back firing when he's ready and when he's healed up. But no, otherwise, mate, the team's excellent, isn't it? We've got a lot of depth in Australian motocross. We've talked about it on the last podcast. I've probably done it to death. People are probably yeah. sitting here in this Aussie bloke <laughs> rattling on. But yeah, Dean Ferris, brilliant option, mate. I don't know if the rest of the world realise just how good he is still. The fitness is there. The speed's there. He's happy yeah. on his program, the one he's doing. He's mechanic. He's great mates with. The perfect way to cap off the year in style. You've seen a lot of his races firsthand in person. Obviously, he's got experience raced in Ernay at the Nations in 2015, held his own yep. in Majora in 2016. He's a competitive beast, mate. Always rises to the occasion for his country, always keen for it. So we've all been singing his praises, mate. So I guess, and you even mentioned you wouldn't be surprised if they dropped one of the Lawrence Brothers scores because he's that good at the moment, isn't he, Ferris? Yeah, I, I think you know, not only is he that good, but I, he just will do his job, which is score good scores right and and don't be surprised if he gets a great start especially 
you know, yeah. in, in against the MX2 bikes, right? Gets some good starts. He's rattling them off this year. A little bit different, though, with great starts, yeah. how that works. But either way, um, you know, he, he can get a good start. You know, he's fit for 30 plus two. Um, Doesn't mind the hard pack either. <laughs> he's pretty good on the hard pack, as we've seen from his results this year in Australian yep. uh, motocross championship. So, yeah, I, I said I'd. I wouldn't be surprised. That 250 is always the hardest class. For me, Hunter has the biggest job out of that whole, you know, out of the three of them is to get good results on that 250 bike. So, yeah, so I, I've gone out and reckoned to saying that, you know, it, uh, yeah, it more than likely could come true. But, yeah, sucks for Mitch. He did a great job for us last year. And, and you know, he, he, he was, was riding he, badly injured too last year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And he has for a lot of his yeah. career so yeah. far. So hopefully hopefully he can get himself fixed up. I think he needs to really get it fixed properly and give it time to heal and then come back because he's he's a talent that we, we need to keep around in our in our sport and especially over in the GP series for us uh, as an Australian representative. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we have him back in the future. But as I said, Ferris is a great option. Um, and there was plenty around that as well that, that – you know, we could have had the only real issue we then faced was obviously Supercross too. So, yep. you know, we could have sent a lot of good young talent, but they're all booked in for Supercross where Dean obviously doesn't do Supercross. So that could be our next sticking point here to send riders from our country is Supercross is bang on the same weekend. So it's, uh, yeah, it's cool that Dean's gone. It's going to be great to see what they what they can achieve. We, we all hope they win, but man, there's some great teams like, yeah, you know, there's there's plenty of teams in in other countries, and again, we haven't seen USA. There was rumors they're not going. Yeah. There's rumors they're back again now. What team it looks like, but man, I don't I don't think they're the biggest threat. I think there's a bunch of other countries that are massive threats. I mean, France is always a huge yeah. threat, and especially when we're in France. But man, oh, the the young Belgium team looks very good too. I know they're all sand guys, but damn, there's some talent in that one, and. It said Germany with having Kenny going over as well. Like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. We think we're going to be a, you know, a shoe in for this thing, but they're, they're, nah. they're some heavy hitters. Nah, mate, it's going to be tough. You'd probably have to say France are the favorite going in February. Yeah. Renault, they've probably got like three absolutely elite riders across the board. Like you said, Belgium, Yago, Lucas Coonan, and Everts. Looks like Everts will probably be on a 350, depending on how the testing goes leading up yeah. to it. So I'm sure he'll be fine, mate. He's got all the technique and the skill in the world to ride anything. <laughs> and, you know, you look at teams, even Switzerland, like Sua, Gio, Tonus. Tonus is obviously yeah. a veteran now, but it's an impressive team. And as you go down the list, mate, you know, you're talking about Spain with Prado, Fernandez and Braceres. All yeah. really good, you know, Prado and Braceres, really good starters. Fernandez obviously has won a GP this year. He's obviously had his injuries battles lately, mate, but that's a massively good team. Would have had Farris on there. Probably could have had Oliver on there. He's another impressive rider. They got some depth. And even though the Netherlands don't have Hurlings, Vlandrin, Coldenoff and DeWolf, that's capable of winning if they're all ready to rumble and, and good to go. And even Italy, Ferrato, Guadagnini, Adamo. Adamo is probably going to be your MX2 world champion this year. Guadagnini's got a podium this year. He's obviously been out for a long time with injuries. Ferrato's passed Hurlings many times in races and qualified yeah. races this year. So he's an extremely good rider too, mate. So we're just all sort of watching with interest to see how it pans out. But like you said, with Germany, mate, Roxon Lagenfeld is arguably the fastest guy in MX2 right now. He's on absolute rails. And Tom Cock, they could have picked Spees as well. They could have picked Max Nagel. You know, they got depth, these teams, like we do. So it's going to be really cool, mate. But uh, I think we're up to the task this year. And I don't know if you're going, mate. Probably not. Us Aussie blokes it probably doesn't quite fit in the budget, but it'd be awesome to be there, wouldn't it? 
Oh, uh, yeah, I, I had it on my bucket list this year, but then, uh, yeah, just didn't get to plan it in time and, yeah, didn't didn't quite make it happen, which sucks because I think that's that's that would have been the one to go to. But, hey, there's always going to there's always gonna be more motocross nations. There's always going to be more uh, cool European ones. I think the European ones is more the ones I want to go to yeah. um, just because the fans, man, are crazy. I can't wait to see that you know the panning shots watching it and the pan around the crowd the crowd going absolutely bonkers and you know when you're hearing them over the motorcycles on the tv broadcast that just goes to show how crazy these european fans are how how big the sport of motocross is especially in france you know they always oh, draw yeah. a crowd i mean dude i uh, you know la this year this year last year when i uh when uh young liam owens went over there and did his one two five the EMX one two five thing he did, like even on the EMX day, like couldn't even see across the track because the flares covered the track in, you know, in the in red and blue and white, and he's like couldn't even see the track. It was just crazy, and I'm like, man, that that sounds unreal. Like that's that's what I would have. I mean, we we seen a little bit little bit of noise as the chainsaw getting around yeah. at Cooler, but man, I, I wanted that. I wanted flares. I, I mean, we can't do that stuff here in Australia, but yeah. that, that's what I was envisioning for that fight. Too many laws in Australia, eh, mate? No, I just, <laughs> yeah, too, too much policing of certain things, but we move on. Yeah, I would have loved to see that. I would love to see just some apps, just noise, air horns, chainsaws, flares, you know, just, just really send the place out with an absolute bang, but I mean, the crowd was pretty sick there as well, but nah, not, not this year, but I'm going to be sitting there like every Australian and watching and cheering on the boys in green and gold. And hopefully they can, uh, yeah, we are all celebrating. We should get a public holiday if they win. I'm going to yeah. put that out there as well. And if they win with public holiday, please. And thank you. Yeah. It's exciting too, mate. And I guess you look at, you know, Slovenia guys is going to be going and Jan Pansar as well as doing, you know, top 10 most MX two rounds. And yeah, obviously guys is going to throw some spanners in the works. That's for sure. Yeah. Even though, they probably don't have the quality to win, but and even Jack Chambers riding for Puerto Rico is pretty cool. And we didn't even mention Team GB with Watson, Muse, and Gilbert. So that's a pretty strong yeah. team. And Norway, Turndale, Horgmo, Osterhagen. I was speaking to Gifting this morning. Him and Osland are excellent riders, and Benson as well. Tanil Leok, Harry Coolis yeah. was doing so well in the AMA. Yeah. Same with Talviku doing well. Paul's Jonas for Latvia and the Rizulis brothers, they're massive talent. So I guess a lot of times it's mentioned that there's not that much depth in the nations, but I feel like there's quite a lot of depth going on in this year's nations. Do you think that too, mate? Yeah, for sure. I said, you start rallying off all those names. You look through the teams and I said, like each time, you know, you go through the team list, you're like, wait a minute, that, that, that team is strong. That team is strong. And then, I mean, how are we going to get, how are we going to get you know 20, 20 teams on the gate? You know it's going to be crazy to to think they're going to cull that down. I mean, I'd hate to be in that B main too, especially because I oh, think yeah. that thing's going to be tough to make it into the to the A uh, A main. But yeah, there's you know there has been weak years. Like, don't get us yeah. wrong. There's been some weak years of twenty twenty one, obviously. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So it's good to see that's you know revitalized and and where. Motocross Nation's got a bit of feeling back in it mm. again, so let's let's hope that keeps trending in the right direction because it's it's good for uh, good for the sport. What I would like to see though is these riders and and that get a little bit more support to go and do this event. Um, that seems to be a big topic at the moment, yeah. uh, and especially for for smaller countries like Australia and and things like that. Like it's a it's a big expense to get to to France and. You know, we got fly riders from America, we got fly riders from Australia, and yeah, it becomes a big thing. But 
I mean, we maybe also need to do a little bit better job of some fundraising throughout the year as well, um, which is probably a topic for for another day. I'd like to see us yep. do a little bit more. I mean, they did a a bit of an auction at QMP, which I don't know how super successful that was. I was sort of sitting there listening. It didn't sound like much was happening over there. Um, but I'd like to see, you know, America do a charity golf day and all the funds they raise from there go into there you that. go, kart race, mate. <laughs> mate, I do. Go kart race, I do whatever. Put me, sign me up. Put me on the committee. Whoever, whoever I need to talk to about motocross nations and fundraising, let's go. We'll, we'll, we'll build some funds up. But just, just to help the to help the crews get over there, you know, and continue to represent our country. Um, but it'd be nice to see, you know, obviously, uh, the promoters help a little bit too. <laughs> They're the ones yeah. that make a lot of money out of it. But uh, we know how that all works and the politics there. But yeah, I'd like I, as a, there's there's plenty we can do as Australians to probably support. We just need to uh, to put a little bit more time and money and uh, not money, but more investment, more time in it, and um, we can get some more funds and keep keep making sure we have a great team every year. Because I said. Future's bright for us yeah. here in Australia. Yeah, absolutely, mate. With the Lawrence brothers and without the Lawrence brothers, there's so many great fighters, yeah. like you said. And that's a great point you made about the support. Obviously, speaking to Lorenzo Resta on the MXGP podcast, he made some great points about the Ferrandis key issue. Probably why he wasn't picked was because of that funding and the amount of money it would cost yeah. to get all the gear and, and whatnot over there. So it made it an easy choice to just pick Renault even though he's just coming back from injury, they're both sort of similarly awesome riders. So it just makes sense in so many ways to go that route. And yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool, mate. And you see like Team Canada raising like 65,000 for their riders. Yeah. That team's really good. We didn't even mention them. So yeah, they're yeah. a great team, very underrated. So, and obviously Dylan Wright leading the charge. He's done some MXGPs and AMAs yeah. and he's shown he's well and truly up to the class. That's for sure, mate. And back to the Aussie motocross, mate, where you've uh, got some pretty cool stuff on silly season. There's a lot going on. There's, there's obviously a lot you can't share, but there's certainly some stuff going on with Honda, Yamaha, KTM. There's movers and shakers all over, mate. So what are the sort of key things, I guess, you're looking out for and I guess where you want to sort of take the conversation? But I believe just before we get into that, Metcalf's going around again next year, mate, for a lot of international listeners will know him, running his private program. He's a bloody legend and he just loves it still, doesn't it? It's impressive. He'll be 40 next year, won't he? Yeah, I think uh, I think so. But yeah, he I, I've heard he's gone around again. He's uh, you know probably going to get a little bit more support again, which is cool. Um, and he's putting it back into his little team, right? Yeah. That he's sort of building. He's having some good little riders in there and uh, supporting you know South Australian locals, which is cool. Um, getting them around. So yeah, he, his program is has been growing year to year. So I hope he continues. And and even if he steps away from racing and still continues to to take that that go twenty four. Um, team around the country, but yeah, man. So this season is crazy. I mean, the the two uh, big ticket items uh, for mind is, uh, you know, I've heard Beaton's not not going back to Honda, um, so he's a free agent, and and obviously what Ferris does, right? You're defending champion one and two in the 450 championship or MX1 championship. They're the two that are kind of yet to be nailed down by a team. Once they do, I think everything falls into place from there, right? Um, obviously, you know. Word is we're losing Tanty, so there's there's a spot there at CDR, um, where the clout goes back there or what, uh, whatnot. So, yeah, I talked about it the other day. I mean, imagine if you put you know Ferris back to CDR, um, and so so too with with uh, Beaton. I mean, then clout's looking for a ride. And it's crazy to think that a guy like that could mm. could be looking for a ride. Um, you, you just never know. So yeah, there's a lot going on, and then two to class. The biggest thing with Australian motocross that I think a lot of people don't know or understand is 
percent of these contracts are one year. Yeah. Like every, every pretty much every rider's on a one year contract. So at the end of each year, everyone's up. So it's just a Do free saying a guy even like Webster's probably on a one year. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, I think he may have signed a two last year. So he was already set to go for, for next year. Um but again, like yeah, I said ninety, ninety-eight percent are are one year deals and they're going year to year and it's just um yeah, it's crazy that this is the but for us as as media and as for silly season as fans, it's crazy because you I mean these we might see every single rider on a different bike next year. <laughs> so yeah. um it's exciting to get into. I know Honda are putting a big investment in. They've got a lot of good riders. They've gotten a lot of good riders signed up for next year. Um, there's some big changes coming for Yamaha um, throughout their teams. So how that looks for 24 is yet to be determined. And, um, you know, and some of these small, uh, smaller satellite programs are getting a lot more support. So all around, I think there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of new rides come up and a lot of rides that people are trying to chase down. But I think we we might, I mean, I think I know we're going to be in a situation again where we've got more talent than rides, which is a great, great situation to be in. Um, but where, where we end up is uh, yet to be determined. But for me, where Ferris and Beaton end up kind of, shakes down that MX1 class and kind of gives us a rundown of, of who's where. And, I mean, probably the other big story is it, it's not confirmed that Wilson Todd's going to the 450. If he does, I've heard rumours that Nathan Crawford will stay on a 250. So And Gibbs on the 450 still? Don't know about that. That's that's yet to be uh, yet to be determined on that situation. So mm-hmm. I know KDM are invested in, in uh, Crawford for the future. Um, but what bike he's on, I mean, you know, he could be on a 450 next year. Uh, you know, who knows? I know he was dancing around that question a lot at the end of the motocross yeah. championship and he's got a supercross championship in front of him. But yeah, as I said, there's, I mean, you, you can, you can sit around and listen to all the gossip all day and there's so many different, different stories, but some, some concrete stuff that I've heard is those couple of things. Um, and just waiting to see where everybody lands and then we'll have a much better look on our, our outlook, but for now, it's going to die off. I think a little bit yeah. while Supercross is on. Um, once it's finished, then it'll all ramp back up again. So it was a little funky period in between motocross and Supercross where we had a little bit of silly season start and um, you know starting to get out there. But now I think it'll die down. Everyone will get into work on Supercross, get that championship done, and then she'll ramp up again into the off season. And yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. To, to see how that shakes out. And I don't wish away the rest of the year just yet, but man, uh, I'm, there's a lot to look forward to when it comes to Australian motocross and supercross. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm ready to see some, some of my questions be answered and be ready for 24. Are we expecting much movement in personnel changes in Todd Waters' Husqvarna team? Obviously, that's a really cool program, developed riders in all classes. So any thoughts on that, mate? Just give the fans a bit of an insight into how impressive the job he's doing running that team because he puts a lot of work in running that race shop, running the family. He's got a lot on his plate, doesn't he, mate? Yeah, he does. I mean, he's he's a very smart um, businessman. He's, and the T-Dub he's, gear too. Yeah, the T-Dub gear. So... Yeah, I, I know his partner Jilly runs a lot of the race gear stuff for him. He does he does a lot of design work, but she kind of runs the day to days of it, so he can ride and train. And then his uh, his cousin is the one that runs 
the uh, the race shop down here for him and, and keeps that and does a lot of the race team stuff. So he, he's put the right people in the right place. As I said, smart businessman. He's not doing it all himself. He's distributed it out to people that he trusts and knows are going to do the best the best job for him so he can continue to be a, the racer. So uh, the broken collarbone for him at the final uh, second to last round of QMP was kind of a kind of a bummer. He would have been mm. good at Coolum. He just yeah. always seems to ride amazing there. So that kind of sucked a little bit, but um, yeah, I I have heard that you know his uh, his MX3 guy Jack Mather um, looks like he's stepping up to MX2 uh, from what I've heard. Uh, again, haven't confirmed that, but I've heard that rumor that he's going to move up. I know Todd. I've had a conversation with Todd, and he he likes Jack and kind of is investing in him as the future for that program. So. Uh, even let Jack design his own set of T-Dog gear. Like, I think he's very heavily, um, yeah. you know, wants Jack to stay under talent, his... isn't he? Yeah, his program. I mean, he helped me win a Battle in the Bush uh, <laughs> championship. Um, but, yeah. In the background there, mate. <laughs> yeah, is he, yeah, my check's still hanging up. Uh, but, yeah, he's a great talent. So, I've heard that. But, um, yeah, whether Todd's gone around again, I mean, he'll probably tell you yes. He'll probably tell you no. He'll probably tell you maybe. He doesn't quite know, but... Um, I know he uh, he definitely went searching for some talent for Supercross. Um, didn't quite get it. So, yeah, whether he goes searching again for 24 and he sits on the sidelines and, and lets, um, lets somebody else take the reins of that big 450, uh, will be yet to be determined. But, yeah, from what I know, yeah, Jack's definitely – well, not definitely, but it rumored to be back there next year. And I hope so because Jack is a, is a talent of the future. Um, Liam Marlins as well? Uh, no, 100% sure. I know they're trying to get him back to Europe. Obviously, he did yeah. that uh, two stint with Bud. Um, and I know he went over there for a, a sneaky test during the middle of motocross championship. Not many people knew about uh, with a, with a, with a, potentially another team um, and was having meetings and stuff. So I don't know where that all shook out. But I know they, as a family, are investing in starting to move move everything over there and, and live over there. He's... Um, yeah, his uh, I think his dad has an English passport, so that's going to help them uh, to get there. So, uh, but yeah, they're invested in taking Liam to to Europe, and I know the conversation that with them during the year that twenty four they'll move in there regardless if they had a deal or not. If that still stands, I'm not one hundred percent sure. I haven't had a chance to have a chat to them in a little while, but hopefully that's the case, and he is over there regardless doing EMX two fifty and um, sort of chasing that. And I said he's got the talent. We've seen. You know, that bud ride when he kind of got his feet under him and learned how to ride a jet bike again. <laughs> uh, he uh, he had the speed and he was sort of running up there. So just need a team to take a chance on him as well and another talent from our country going over there. Again, he's only not even 16 years old yet, I don't think. So um, crazy, crazy the talent some of these kids have got and the time they've still got on their side as well. Yeah, it's cool to be seeing battling out in EMX, you know, because those uh, kids are absolutely rapid as well. So to expose yourself to that competition is awesome, mate. So that's pretty cool insights there, mate. Thanks for sharing those. And another man that's probably on the topic is Regan Duffy. Is he going to stay with the Gas Gas setup? Obviously, the results aren't what he wants, what he's capable of. He's battling back from that, you know, life-threatening injury. So it's always awesome to see him on the gate. But it must be frustrating for him because he knows, you know, just a couple of years ago, he was winning at the top of the field of these things. And on his way to Europe, you know, he had deals. So just really yeah. cool to hopefully see him get back to the level. And I know he'll be working hard. Really good bloke. So how does he fit in next year to all of that too, mate? Yeah, I said it's it's... It's hard to see where it shakes out again without those two two heavy hitters yeah. falling in. He he's kind of one of those guys, right? That's on the bubble. 
um, of, of being on a factory team or not, depending on how everything shakes down sort of around him. So, uh, but I, said, I mean, I don't want to lose him to the sport. I think, you know, he, he has come back from so much and he'll continue to get better. Uh, you know, I've gone on the record and said, does he get back to the heights he was at before the injury? I don't think so. I think it was, you know, it, it changed him, which it should have, you know, like an, an injury like that changes people. Um, you know, Gibbsy, I've, I've spoken to Gibbsy and done a podcast with him about it. And, you know, he admits he, he, he kind of wasn't the same dude after it. It hasn't been the same guy, right, on a dirt bike. He still had that that thought after his big one. So there's always that going to be that in the back of his mind. So I don't think he ever gets back to where he is, but I still think he's got more to show than what he did this year. You know, like he he did a full season. He got through it by yeah. the... The uh the unfortunate incident yeah. he had at Coolum with the uh with the, the the protected region, but he was all but pretty much you know good to go every race for the for the entire championship. So um yeah, hopefully he gets a spot somewhere and continues to go around and continues to get better. But whether that's on a factory out, outfit, as I said, will be yet to be determined. And whether he stays under the gas gas tent or not, that's um something that again until those big boys sort of sort out where they are, the guys in front of him. Um, he, he's kind of might be left, might be like musical chairs in the musical stop and he might be looking around. There's no chairs left. So um, we'll see. As I said, that's, that's the silly season this year is pretty crazy because everyone's, everyone's dancing around looking for a seat. Yeah. It's interesting. He obviously, and Cade and Minio looks like they're going to the double zero elite training program run by Nathan Crawford. They're really yeah. elite program doing great work. Obviously you see the guys on his program, like Crawford, Tanty, Alexanderson, Barham, Atkinson, Cookus, Dunlop, and even the young kids coming on board, like Kai Woods, Kobe Drew, Ryan King. So he's definitely yeah. building some really good athletes and good mentality for these kids. Cause he certainly works them hard. And, you know, he just talks a lot about sacrifice, commitment, discipline i guess accountability responsibility for your actions like if you wake up and you choose to hit snooze that's on you you know so it's pretty cool the way he's instilling those beliefs and philosophies into those kids and i guess it's proven in the results and i guess a lot of riders seem to want to go there because he was saying i don't really sort of reach out they sort of come to me and you know he sacrificed himself a lot to do what he does and it's obviously cool that he works with the fighting fit physio so they've got this multifaceted program on and off the bike to get the best out of these athletes. Obviously, there's some really good programs in Australia like Ford Dales and Beaton's Pro Formula as well. And, you know, you've seen the benefits of these things with the Baker's Factory Star Racing, all these facilities in America. And I guess in MXGP, Kenny Van Duren training a lot of the Yamaha guys like Colton Off, Renault, Elzinger, these kind of guys doing work with various stages with those guys. So it's a good way to sort of fast track the development and sort of teach the guys what it takes and what, you know, they need to sacrifice and leave behind if they want to make it to the top. So your thoughts on that sort of rise in Australia, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I got to, before Coolum, um, just happened to show up at a at a track at the same time that those guys were doing their their sessions. And, yeah, man, like he, he keeps them accountable and, and, you know, makes them do the work. Like this is the workload today. Get yourself ready if you're not ready, you know. Don't don't half ass it, and you know the boys get out there and they work and they you know they're flying at the test track and you know that big number one of Tanty coming past me. <laughs> I mean, I move I moved to the side and um, yeah, he blew past me. Um, didn't even didn't even get a chance to see him really. He was that fast, but it, it's it's that thing right there, riding with dudes like that, him, Barham, and um, you know Crawford. These younger kids get to see that talent, get to see the work ethic, get to see what it takes to be at the top. 
You know, when you're riding with a dude who has number one on their bike, you're chasing the tippy top. So, um, obviously, if Tandy does go to the US, they obviously lose that program, but adding Duffy and Minier into that is going to be good for them and, and continue to grow that. But, yeah, it's a it's an all-out war day in, day out. They're always chasing each other down and, you know, stopwatches are out. And the boys get to work. So, And then, as you said, all that off-bike stuff too that, you know, people don't quite see and, you know, neglect a little bit, especially the physio side of it as well. Like I know um, their guy down there fighting fit doesn't only work with their fitness but also works with recovery and, you know, keeping their body uh, loose and limber and, and to prevent injuries as well. So it's not only, um, you know, fixing them when they hurt but also keeping them from getting hurt is is a big key thing. And I know with Ford's program, um, they've they've got 547 Um that does all that stuff for them. And I know Ross is, uh, Ross has got his local guy down there who yep. from memories uh, is uh, the, the physio that works at, for Prime X. So like they all have, you know, this other side of it sort of, which I don't think, you know, we see the trainers, we talk about the trainers a lot, but it's, it's these guys during a week that are keeping these guys together too. And, and, and just physically fit and, and healthy throughout the week. And it's crazy. It, it takes a village to to create one of these top talented yeah. riders. So um, I love I love these programs showing up. I love the the moves that are happening. You know, especially with riders coming up to to train. I mean, you know me. I'm a massive Southeast Queensland advocate. I, this is the California of Australia to me. We have everyone rides here. The know, local series is great too, isn't it? Local series is great. You know, we have lots of racing up here. If you want to come up and learn how to race, race. We had three rounds of three rounds of eight of the championship this year we're, we're in this state. So um, just goes to show that, you know, sort of and most of the teams are based here. The importers are based here. It, it's, it's just a hub, right? And I love it. And I love to have these guys up here and being a part of it. And, and you know, especially uh, a kid like Minia, he's going to grow a lot from being not only under Crawford's program, but riding these types of tracks, like put Minia in the sand, brilliant but the hard pack stuff we have the ride on up here is where he doesn't shine he'll be good at it by the time yeah he gets through a bit of a preseason up here if that's if that's the case he stays here for a preseason i know he's doing supercross at the moment whether that transitions into motocross we'll see but um but even Crawford program definitely seems to be big on supercross too doesn't it yeah well they they have it all sort of sorted out Mm. um with tracks you know supercross is probably the hard one that's probably why these guys are going there too is they invest in a track. I know Ford spent a lot of money to build the one at Coolum. Um, I know Crawford's got the ones um, set up uh, around, and they've got the one at Byron's place, which is huge for that that program. Byron's Supercross track is elite, <laughs> so they have that to train on all the time, and and they've got a few more uh, scattered around the state as well, just private ones. So, yeah, that's the they big still got to do a hell of a lot of traveling, don't they? These blokes just to get to oh. a lot of them, don't they? It's crazy. Yeah, they're traveling. They're they're traveling, especially those guys who are also based on the Gold Coast to get to Toowoomba, where Barnes Track is. Like that's a two two and a half hour drive for a lot of them. Um, I yeah, I mean, I know the the boys on Ford's program are sort of based North Brisbane to the sunny coast, and they've got one up at MX Farm, a Supercross track they ride up there, and that's an hour and ten odd minutes from from them. So they got to do a lot of travel and. You know, again, we don't talk too much about how much these riders get paid to do this. Uh, it's not a great deal. So they've got to find other funding avenues to, to not only pay these trainers to do the training for them, but also pay to get to the training and, and get the work done. So a lot of the um, blokes actually train kids as well as part of it, don't they? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Crawford's guys, and that's probably one thing he keeps them accountable to. They actually have to work. Mm. Um, so he, I, I know the the day I was there at QMP, the boys, Tanny, uh, Nathan Crawford, and or NATO, and uh, Barham, all three of them stay stay back after training and and went and did a couple of coaching sessions with some just some you know uh, kids getting into the sport. So a that's amazing that these kids get the opportunity yeah. to be taught by some of the best dudes in the country. But b it it also it, it keeps them humble too, right? They yeah. they're working again. They they got to they got to earn their earn their keep. So um, it's cool. I like I I like a lot of elements. To every one of their programs, I like a lot of elements. So yeah. um, but yeah, I, I tell you what though, they work hard. Don't don't slouch these these guys aren't doing work during the week they uh they're working hard i i sat back and i was like man i can't even do half the work you guys are at at the moment but uh, again i'm 32 years old i shouldn't have to do that amount of work anymore oh mate it's impressive what the trainers you were mentioning and the riders do just all in on trying to pursue greatness and achieve their dreams mate so it's really cool mate and yeah just a couple more closing thoughts for you mate just yeah supercross i guess who are your favorites heading into the aussie series and i guess maybe even give us some sms predictions mate as well for the upcoming weekend because uh, the hours flown by pretty quick there yeah i mean it has love talking anything motocross supercross yeah. so i'm here for it so uh shoot australian supercross I means hard to go past brayton and nancy defending champions yeah. you always got to give them the credit they deserve but I did. I did say this to someone. Um, I may have said it on a podcast. I don't know, but I'm going to throw this out here. But Mossy is. I've, I mean, the guy got second by two points last year, right, in the championship to Brayton. Um, but Brayton had bike issues and things, so whatever. But he could be a sneaky dark horse this year because we're going to Adelaide first round, and in those indoor stadiums, you need to ride a wide bike. And get good starts. And that is like Mossy's bread and butter is good starts and ride a wide bike. So, I mean, if he starts there with some decent points and then Newcastle's got all the juju vibes of winning last year in hometown and then, you know, you get to Marvel and he's just got to kind of finish within a certain position, it could could be Mossy that gets it done. So this is a little sneaky one for you, a little dark horse. If if things play out the way they should and and, um, he's on the big green machine as well. So... Uh, it could be interesting to see. As I said, Anthony in that 2 class, I think he's going to have it uh, a little bit tougher this year. Like I don't think it was, it, you know, it's not that it came easy to him last year, but I think a lot of uh, a lot of the, you know, the the Australian boys, especially Crawford, I know he wants to go back after him, and they've been putting in the work as well. Wilbur's going to be better, another sort of preseason under his belt, and and all the you know all the stuff he went through with Anaheim and that. Like I don't think the stage is as big as that, so takes that kind of nerves out of it. So. Yeah, I mean, both classes are going to be exciting, but got to give the champs their due. Um, they're the champs for a reason or defending champs, so let's uh, let's say them. But, yeah, uh, Mossy a sneaky dark horse in SX1, SX2. Um, yeah, I don't know. I- I'll stick with I'll stick with Ansi. I think you I think you'll do it again. I don't think there's any little sneaky dark horses, but it's going to be they're going to be two great championships. Yeah, absolutely. Anything for SMX this weekend too uh, to raise the excitement. It's pretty hard to go past, I guess, Sexton in the 450s. And I guess, 
probably go Deegan, I guess. He's have the speed. He should hopefully be pretty well recovered after that spill. And he's kind of got the speed and the heart and the intensity for those races too and the fitness, doesn't he? So be cool to yeah. see Hunter though, mate. You can never ride off the Lawrence brothers, can you, with us being Aussies? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think we see a big bounce back from those two this, this yeah. weekend. Um, and that's not just wishful thinking. That is, I, I honestly believe they've gone to work this week. They've really put their heads down and they will come out swinging uh, for this round just to prove that that was just an anomaly. This is, we are this good. So yeah, they could really get up there and, and shake it up. The Joshua motor was absolutely yeah. phenomenal on the weekend. I hope that role continues. No, like, yeah. you know, he, he is a, he's a superstar. Um, you know, speculation is he's on that red bike next year and it's yeah. pretty well documented. He's on that red bike next year of hunters. So um, if he can win that, it's a good little chunk of change for, for the Joe show. So, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope that continues. But, yeah, I think the Lawrence Bells are going to have a huge bounce back just purely out of pride. I think they're going to come out absolutely swinging and try and um, try and silence a lot of the haters. So uh, don't be too surprised if those boys find themselves up the front again. Um, but Sexton will – I just want to see a Sexton, Jet Lawrence, mm. absolute knock them down, drag them out battle. Like, please – the motocross gods yeah. deliver us one of those because that would be insane. We haven't really seen it. Motocross, we kind of seen glimpses, but just an absolute war between those two. Um, that'll change my opinion on, on those hybrid tracks. If we get that, I'm <laughs> all in on hybrid tracks. Nah, mate, well said. Exciting times ahead. And before we let you go, mate, we'll just thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASU Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would all be possible. All right, thanks again for joining us, mate. Been another cracking episode. Really enjoyed hearing your thoughts on the sport and especially the Aussie stuff. There's so much going on. So yeah, keep up your good work, mate, and all the best with everything. I appreciate you having me on. It's always a good time to get on here and have a chat, and especially some of the heavy hitters you have on. To have little old me on here, it's always a good time. So uh, I appreciate it. And uh, as I said, I appreciate not only yourself, but obviously MX Vice as a, as a company for giving our Australian scene a little bit of a, a spotlight as well. It it, uh, it all helps all of us continue to, to have a great sport. So you guys keep up the good work. Keep uh, keep bringing us MX Vice content from, from Australia and around the world. And uh, yeah, people need to make sure that they support you as well as as all of us and we can all continue to love on this sport as much as uh, as much as we can yeah mate absolutely well said and uh yeah have a good one and we'll speak again soon